This episode of The Latest is brought to you by The Latest. Leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, or feel free to send us a message. Here's a recent submission from Alfonso. Hi there. Body revolution. Get it while it's still 60% off. Thanks for your message, Alfonso. Enjoy the show. It's Monday, March 22. I'm Greg Ott. This is the latest. Well, tonight we continue our live coverage of the horrific events of today in Boulder, a day that has all of us hurting in so many different ways. President Biden and Vice President Harris condemning attacks on Asian Americans during a trip to Atlanta where a gunman killed eight people. Is there a necessary legislative response here? Is Those voices a, are discussing know, mass uh, shootings, the all-American events that have replaced um, Major League Baseball as the national pastime that touches families of all ages. As the country recovers from yet another sequence of gun-enabled murders, many across the nation find themselves asking the same question. Could we please work on a vaccine for this? In the middle of the afternoon on an average American Monday, the lives of 10 people were brought to an abrupt and violent end for having made the fatal mistake of needing groceries. The gunman walked into a Kroger subsidiary and targeted shoppers at random with an AR-15-style weapon. The AR standing for Armalite, the name of a firearms manufacturer, and the 15 standing for the typical number of people slaughtered once a maniac easily gets his hands on one. Among the deceased was a local police officer, and despite the National Rifle Association's assertion that the only way to stop a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun, the good guy with a bad gun was no match for the bad guy with a good gun. In the middle of the afternoon on an average American Tuesday, the lives of eight people were brought to an abrupt and violent end for having made the fatal mistake of wanting others to feel comfortable. The gunman walked into a series of massage parlors and targeted six Asian women who he claimed had been providing an outlet for his addiction to sex, ensuring that they as well as another employee, a couple on a date, and a man who was simply walking by the building would be held accountable for the actions of a disturbed religious fanatic. The act was seen as yet another instance of anti-Asian violence since the onset of the pandemic, a symptom in a country whose last leader chose to emulate not the words of Franklin Delano Roosevelt, but of Andrew Dice Clay by deriding a generation-defining public health crisis as the Kung Flu in the kind of lazy, casual racism that wouldn't even pass the muster in the writer's room of one of those 1940s cartoons that gets a content warning slapped before the titles when it shows up for nobody to watch on Disney+. And in the middle of an average American Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, the lives of 28 people were forever changed, including two who were brought to an abrupt and violent end for having made the painful or fatal mistake of either standing in an intersection, sitting in a motel room, visiting a club, or attending a party. Spanning California, Oregon, Colorado, Texas, Georgia, and Pennsylvania, mass shootings reach more states coast to coast in a short amount of time than an American Idol talent search and produces a lot more hits that are far more lethal. Just last week, I joked that the country's just about ready to get back to normal, which means preparing for active shooters. 
The punchline, of course, being that we do anything to actually prepare for such an eventuality. At least with the pandemic, we were able to come together for a few months and pretend that we cared about our neighbors, banging on pots and pans in the evening before settling in for another round of Call of Duty. But after the gunpowder settled in on another series of public spaces and the cherry blossoms shed their springtime shell casings, we were treated to a predictable chorus of resignations. Not those of the shameful Congress people who value carbon steel over constituents, but shrugs and sighs of, that's just the way it is. A crooked picture hanging on the wall that we can't even muster up the courage to straighten. Maybe this will get us closer to universal background checks and waiting periods. The massage parlor shooter purchased his gun the same day that he killed eight people, while I can't even renew my contact lenses without two days' worth of emails. And maybe we'll get closer to an assault weapons ban, meaning the next time a madman wants to open fire on a crowd, he'll actually have to lift a finger. But none of those things solves the fact that this country is unwilling to give up its addiction to guns. Considering there are approximately 12 firearms for every 10 U.S. citizens, it's no wonder their rights are disproportionately represented in Congress. Oh yeah, I forgot. You like to go hunting. We can't make 7-Eleven any safer, because every three years, you like to get drunk with your buddies in some shack in the woods. Or you need it for self-protection, because a knife's never killed anyone. Or you just want one, because it's your God-given right. And who are we to bang on your adjacent wall at three in the morning? To ask you to turn down your music because other people live in the building. A year ago, we hailed people who work in grocery stores as essential workers, absolutely necessary people carrying out extremely important tasks for the good of society. And if keeping people safe in public meant learning how to live with the minor inconvenience of wearing a face mask, I suppose we'll quickly acclimate to the Walmart greeter who waves hello from beneath a bulletproof vest. And now it's time for the O.J. Simpson Twitter update. Hey, Twitter world. Hey, Twitter world. Hey, Twitter world. This is me, yours truly. My guest today is T.J. Mannix, an actor who's appeared in multiple episodes of the Law & Order trifecta, Law & Order, Law & Order SVU, and Law & Order Criminal Intent. T.J.? Thanks for joining me. Absolutely. On Friday, OJ weighed in on the concept of jury selection in high-profile cases. Hey, Twitter world, it's me, yours truly. Well, I was scrolling the news today, and it's getting a little depressing, you know. I see where the judge in Minnesota decided not to change a venue for the Chapin case. That's on the uh, George Floyd uh, situation, and I thought that was a good decision. I never once asked to have a, a venue change, even though I saw an episode of Law and Order once that implied that I did, but no, I never did. I don't think it works. In this day and age, you got cable TV. Everybody knows everything about everything. You know what I'm saying? So in any event, get your shots, stay safe, and wear the mask. I'm just saying. Take care. TJ, what do you think about what OJ had to say? The Law & Order franchise, as it were, almost all of their episodes, they, they don't have to come up with things. They just literally rip them from the headlines. Uh, and they actually did an episode about OJ. I think it was after he released his book, If I Did It. And I think that's what he's, he's referencing. They always just change it just a little bit. In fact, with the, with the episodes that I've done, 
I mean, I did an episode about the New York City blackout. Uh, one of them dealt with, I think it was the Ariel Castro kidnappings. And that next season or later on in that season, there was a guy who had several women locked in his basement and was charged with a bunch of things. And I happened to play a guy who had four women locked in his basement uh, and may have impregnated one of them. And that child showed up in Times Square talking to Schmelmos, the, the fake Elmos in Times Square. You know, he talked about the, the, the jury and his full-hearted support for the American justice system. And I know you, you think about whether you were, if you were, if you were a juror in a controversial case, would you be able to be impartial? Would you be able to, to do that? And though I'm an actor, I've also been called in for jury duty and I was put onto a case that was really controversial and got a lot of press in New York City. So I'm sitting there in the courtroom, in the jury box that the law and order courtroom is based on. So I've been an actor in the courtroom, and I've also been an actual juror in the actual courtroom that the set of the courtroom is based on. And when it came down to it, we all took it really seriously. It, it, was, it was a really challenging case, and people, we were crying, and we were, it, it, was, it was really, everyone, I think, really took it seriously, and those that were taking it lightly were forced to take it seriously because you realize you were dealing with a human life and what would happen, whether somebody could be, you know, sent to jail for the rest of their life or possible death penalty case. So, and I think when the time comes, from what I've seen, it works. Mm-hmm. And what do you think about OJ? Oh, he's a murderer. That's this week's OJ Simpson Twitter update. TJ, thanks for joining me. Thanks, Greg. And that's the latest, written, recorded, produced by Greg Ott. OJ Simpson Twitter update produced by Christy Forsh. Hey, if you like the show, please tell a friend to follow us on Apple Podcasts or subscribe in Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Podcasts, any any of those weird apps. They all work. Uh, latestpod.com for all your latest pod needs. I'm at underscore Greg Ott on Twitter. Yeah, right. See you soon. And by see you soon, I mean hear you soon. By hear you soon, I mean you'll be hearing me soon. And by hearing me soon, I mean you'll soon be hearing me do another episode of this podcast.